Helmets and Heels, <laughs> built by DreamFinders Homes, Yippee. is presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL. Now your hosts, Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Hi. Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumley. It's hard to believe that we're already a week away from the players because this time last year was my first week on the job and I had never been to a professional golf tournament. So this was completely new to me, completely new. And so I'm excited because I feel like a veteran this time around. Well, you were thrown into the fire. Oh, my God. Because you had to deal with both events at the same time. Like, I am a huge fan of this golf tournament. I love golf in general, but I, I especially love the players, everything about it. And I hated last year that it was in competition with the draft because you're so torn as to what you're going to pay attention to. And this year, Minda, you get to almost relax and enjoy. And enjoy golf. Absolutely. All right. So, ladies, the draft obviously happened last week. Blythe, you were in Ginny Springs when we picked Miles Jack. I think of all people to be away from the Internet. I can't imagine one person who could least handle that yet you you were able to make it through i i was and i i alluded to earlier during crosstalk that on friday night was the big problem because everybody sort of got down there about the same time you know four or five o'clock and so when the draft time starts rolling around it's you have the habit of checking your phone constantly but jenny springs for anybody who's ever been down there you know that service is limited at the at best and so there was only one person getting service. And so she was able to put her public Wi-Fi hotspot on. Nice. And I, somehow I got the text from my dad and it said, it just said Miles Jack. That's it. Wow. And so we started screaming and I was yelling at my brother across from the campsite. And he goes, yeah. And then, you know, Jaguar fans from other campsites started yelling. And so it was, it was so great. Um, but yeah, it was it was a little bit of a struggle, but I think the first two days are the most impactful where you want to hear all of the picks that are going on. But then when Saturday rolls around, it's sort of, you know, I'll read up on those on Sunday. But I'm telling you, me and my brother and I and a couple other Jaguar fans there, we left bright and early on Sunday morning because we had some internet interneting to do. A lots of interneting. <laughs> interneting. So are you actually allowing yourselves to get excited? And, and you both have very different roles when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Blythe, you are a diehard fan. And Amanda, you cover the team. So, yes, while you're allowed to be excited about the team, you're not really truly allowed to be a fan. So right. I'm going to start with you, Blythe. Are you allowing yourself to get excited the way that you probably have the last few seasons. I, I, I think that's a good comparison because every single off season for Jaguar fans, it's like we win the off season and it builds up so much excitement. It's like that, that rinse and repeat cycle until the actual play gets here in August. And I, I alluded to this to, to a, a friend of mine yesterday on Twitter. And I said it with all of the accolades on Monday after draft weekend, it feels like too much love too soon. And I'm starting to feel a little smothered. And that's when the, the worry <laughs> starts. The breakup text, <laughs> I love y'all. when she compares this to relationships. This is fantastic. That's when so she sends great. the text like, yeah. I'm not ready I'm for this. I'm not I'm ready out. for all this. We need to take a step back. Give me some breathing room. I need to focus I need on work. I may need to see other people. It's not you, it's me. Undrafted free agents. All right, Amanda, what about you? Well, I can't help but be excited for the fans, especially because I was at the draft party when everything happened. And so Thursday night, I'm in the crowd talking to all the fans, kind of 
trying to figure out where they're at, how they're feeling. And every single person I talked to on and off the air was Ramsey, Ramsey, Ramsey. We want Ramsey. We think we're going to get Ramsey. So I'm we're in Fanjulville and I'm in a cabana up above everything. That's where we were broadcasting from. And I'm looking down over everyone and I'm looking at the big screen when the Cowboys are about to make their pick. And as soon as Goodell says, hold on, let me interrupt. Sorry. Go ahead. Before Goodell says anything, did anybody scream anything? Was there a collective hope at that moment? Like, did anyone, did anyone say anything about Elliot? Like hoping that they were going to take Ezekiel. It was kind of silent because that's what everyone wanted. That was the best case scenario. And we're all watching NFL Network on the big screen. And they're saying, you know, Jerry Jones loves Ezekiel Elliott. But then there's also Jalen Ramsey. So they're going back and forth on the screen. And we're all like just waiting with bated breath. Like, oh, my gosh, this could make or break the Jaguars draft. And so everyone's waiting. And it was immediate. As soon as he said E, like just the E of Ezekiel, <laughs> the place just erupts because at that point, everyone knows the Jaguars are getting Jalen Ramsey. It was, I got chills. It was just incredible. And so then after that, you know, we know, but we don't really know. Like they could have taken Miles Jack, which would have been awesome too with that number five pick, or they could have taken Buckner or whoever. We didn't know, but everyone just had this feeling and that's what everyone wanted. And so it was really neat because, you know, as soon as they made the Jaguars pick, everyone was just thrilled. And then I went back in the crowd afterwards and I was getting fan reaction after that. So I'm just excited for the fans because there is so much buzz, but I do remember this time last season, obviously the draft and everything in the off season last season, you cannot compare to this season. Um, free agent signings and all of that. But there was still a buzz last offseason, and obviously everyone was let down. So I am similar to fans in the sense where I'm pumping the brakes a little bit because even Dave Caldwell says, hey, you can't rely on rookies. You you can't. So, yes, they'll make a huge impact at, at first, like we expect, but you still can't rely on them. So I'm excited for the fans, and I'm excited that they're getting national attention. Yes. But and at the same time, national attention, yes. not just national attention. Right. Because obviously we went through a phase where there was a lot of negative national attention. And despite right. steal the show this week, it's still been positive. <laughs> oh, national my God. Attention. Well, Colin Cowherd, he always harps on the Jaguars, says we're irrelevant. And yes, during yesterday's show, he said from free agency to the draft, mm-hmm. the Jaguars have had the best offseason or one of the best offseasons in the history of the NFL. And for him to say that, it's like, whoa, is big. people are yep. noticing. Yep. And I think the the thing that hits me is we are so much better than we were before, obviously, the offseason. We are not just better on paper. Like, that's, you know, such a cliche phrase. Right. Last year, I feel like with our free agent signings, we were almost better on paper. Yes, Julius Thomas was this huge, amazing tight end. But in the end, it didn't really translate. So it ended up being something where we have to almost wait another season. This year, I, I really do think we have impactful players immediately. And especially because our coach is a defensive-minded coach. Gus right. Bradley was the defensive coordinator in Seattle and had that amazing defense there. And Todd Wash is you know, almost like the Gus Bradley reincarnate now and has all these... I mean, imagine, by the way, your night, if you're him on Friday night, like, break out the the (laughs) most expensive bottle of whatever you have. I'm going to have one drink because I still have to, you know, be still prepared for everything else that happens this weekend. But I can't even imagine what what he must have felt like. It's funny because I was at the stadium Friday night for round two. And so when we're 
at the press conference for Dave Caldwell, we all were like, how is he so calm right now? Like, he just got Miles Jack and he got Jalen Ramsey last night. And obviously he's the GM. That's what he does. But he was so amazingly calm just answering questions. Like, obviously he's a professional. That's what he does. But we all, after he left, were like, come on, like, just get excited. Like, this is insane. But of course he can't. Yeah. No. And smile something. You're clearly, if you ever want to be a general manager, you're your path has to be some sort of poker face and then not just poker face, but also poker speech. You know, you have to completely lie to people's faces on a daily basis, almost in that time frame. I think for me, I'm honestly not excited yet. Like I, and I'm not telling myself not to get excited. I really am not excited. I promised myself after last year Mm -hmm. that I would make sure that when it came time to September, that I was just an, an, an actual evaluator. When I go to training camp this year, I want to literally evaluate and not compare them to past training camps, but just to make sure that I get to enjoy what I'm seeing, but evaluate in a sense of, of all reality and completely realistically too, because that's what happens is in every single city mm-hmm. in America, all the radio show hosts, because that's what you do and all the TV stations, they pump up certain people yep. and then that's what you believe is going to happen. So I'm ecstatic for the personnel department and all of the scouts that put in the work to be able to get what happened um, in the draft in order to happen. But at this, as a fan, nothing has changed for me, which is really heartbreakingly sad if you think about it, because we are getting A grades everywhere. But again, none of these players that we're going to see have ever played in the NFL. So it is a huge still like question mark about all of them. You've been hurt before. Yeah. So you don't want to take that into your next relationship. I'm that girl who (laughs) you have to keep your wall up. Guard your heart. Right. And I don't even know. I'm not saying it's guarded because honestly, I mean, you can look back through my Twitter feed and I'm ecstatic about all of these selections. But I am still very cautious because there's so much that can happen. We saw Dante Fowler Jr. get injured in yep. you know, the very first, like y'all said earlier, 30 minutes of rookie minicamp last year. And I think we still have major question marks on the offense. And that's the part that is able to um, keep me completely grounded because we can't assume. And they kind of talked about this on the drill this morning. They can't. You can't assume that Blake Bortles is going to be light years better and not even light years. Maybe he just makes less mistakes you can't assume that that's going to happen he can make the same amount of mistakes he can make worse mistakes just because he has another year under his belt doesn't mean he's going to then eventually get the game as quickly processed in his mind Mm -hmm. as as other quarterbacks you can't trust the offensive line yet we've never even seen brandon linder play center in the nfl so why are we all assuming that that one of those most important positions on the offense is going to translate into success there either so I think those are the things that are able to keep me like, all right, well, this is awesome. But the Jaguar season is still months away. Mm-hmm. So much can happen. And I really want to to go into the season feeling like it's a possibility, but not that it's a probability. And I and yeah. I hate saying it like that because I know how fans, how excited fans are right now. I get it. I just don't want the letdown. If for some reason we lose to the Packers, I don't want that letdown for the fans. Like, hey, you last year, had I told you we were playing the Packers to begin the season, you would have said we're losing the game. Don't automatically think we're going to beat the Packers. Right. But start to think that maybe there are some games that are much more winnable this season than were last season. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to think about that these are a bunch of young guys that have never played together. 
and they're going to be all mushed in together like this somehow like formed all-star team. And even if they don't figure it out within the first, say, month of the season, we have to give, we have still have to give them a little bit of breathing room to figure it out as rookies, as young players. And I think that was so important for Telvin Smith to call that players only meeting in order to, to, uh, I would say cement himself as the leader on the defense, and he's going to help that team take that next step. How much would you have loved to be in that meeting? Oh, I would. Oh have loved my! It. Like, I it makes me want to go run a forty Especially to be like, you, hey, because you're so competitive. <laughs> you would have been in that back room, like in church, like, amen, like, yes, sir, like, I totally believe I, what you're saying. Yeah, Telvin and I, I think, have very similar yeah. personalities as far as extremely vocal, yes, very competitive. Um, I. I was only on one losing team my entire life, so like I can't even imagine what he's going through now. Oh yeah, I loved it, and we'll talk certainly more about the Jags as the show goes on. Hi, Jordan. Hello, hello. How's it going in there? You know, I'm hyperventilating, just making sure we're staying afloat, but I'm I'm gonna make it. Well, I have really good news for you. I have done what you're doing, although it was a few years ago. Um, probably like two now. I've. I've done what you're doing. All right. So, so I can survive. There's, if there's questions, worst case scenario, even if I can't help you, I'll call the D- Murph and she'll be able to help us. All right. Perfect. You Jordan, got that. We're good. Jordan, our only request is make sure you turn us off during breaks because we like to have very intense conversations and we don't want anyone else to hear them. Oh, I can't. I, I completely understand. I'll make sure that that's at the top of my to do list. Well, in case you don't, everyone's curious, yeah. Yeah. in case you don't listen all day to 1010XL 92.5X. Excel. 10 to Excel 92.5 <laughs> FM like you should. That is the voice of Jordan DeArmond. She is our new Helmets and Heels producer. We are so Yay. pumped to have her join us. Honored that we have another female voice on the show. Thankful to the general manager for bringing her in yes. from Nashville. In case you missed our show a few weeks ago, Jordan, Jordan joined us. That's a very difficult Jordan thing to say. Jordan joined. Yes. And, uh, and so we got to know her a little bit and we will con- certainly continue to do that as the show goes on. Ladies, we have some studs and duds to do. We have to tell everybody about our Twitter poll, and we have all sorts of Peterbrook chocolate stuff to give away. That is on the other side. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dream Finders Homes on 1010XL on 2.5 FM. Built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Y'all, how great was it to be back at the DreamFinders home last week? Feels surreal. It felt like like a homecoming. Like, I felt like I was home. I felt like someone was going to tap me on the shoulder and be like, did you know the draft is about to happen? And oh, by the way, it's going to go really well for you. Like, I feel like I honestly had a dream that all that really happened well, while I actually, we were there. I actually had a dream that we drafted Jalen Ramsey. Did you? Yeah, I didn't tell you guys that. Now, do you what? know him? Um, No, because he is too young for when okay. I went to school. So, no, I did not know him. I was um, in school with Telvin and Rashad. Okay. And so I asked- covered them when I was in school with them, but not Jalen. I asked my cousin Caitlin, um, who of course went to Florida State also, yeah. and uh, she said she knows him a little, not well. Right. So, but he seems like an absolutely great guy. He seems so great. I Called was able, Twitter. yeah, I was able to introduce myself to him at his presser, and um, I was like, "Hey, I went to Florida State. I'm so glad you're here." He's like, "Oh my gosh, there are so many of us. Like, this is fantastic." <laughs> so it was cool. But um, hopefully, we can get him on. 
helmets and heels sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure he's dying to join us mm-hmm. on the rest of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> All right, ladies, them. it's one of my favorite times of the week. It's time to tell everyone what our Twitter poll is because I'm never sure exactly what is going to come from it. So this week's, I got you, Blythe. How do you Thank handle you. <laughs> annoying people? A, block. B, oh, sorry, online. How on do you Twitter. handle annoying people yes. online? Twitter specifically or just online in general? Do you A, block them, B, mute them, C, ignore them, or D, challenge their opinion? For me, this answer is really easy. I ignore them. Until they, if it's just annoying, if they're negative in general, then yes, that's when a mute or a bl- I've never blocked anybody, but we'll get to mean tweets a little bit later and certainly discuss this in more depth. But yeah. At Helmets and Heels on Twitter, you can find that Twitter poll question and you can give us your answer. And then, of course, we are built by DreamFinders Homes. You can find them at Dream underscore Finders. All right. Time for some studs and duds. Blythe, we're going to start with you. I know it was probably hard to find your stud without Internet over the weekend, but I'm pretty sure you had it all last week. So you should Hmm. be good. Well, after my Interneting all day, Sunday and Monday. Is that a new thing now? I'm just going to start saying okay. it. I'm going to make it a thing. That's fine. <laughs> I'm fine with Why that. Why not? So my stud for the week is going to be a little lighthearted, but the legendary Dodgers announcer, Vince Scully, 88 years young. He has 67 yes. seasons with the team this year. Is this about the beards? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't ruin my punchline. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I'm kidding. I didn't know there was a punchline. <laughs> not really. You have but to wait been, for it. During this season, you know, sometimes if you are going to be retiring or if you know you're going to be leaving a job, some people sort of mail it in and they don't really do as good of a job as they've done Short in the past. Timers. Not the, the case with Vince Scully this year. He's actually bringing more knowledge and more stories. And the other night, he started talking about the history of beards. And not just the recent history, but he went back in time to Alexander the Great what? to find the history of beards. And since beards are near and dear to my heart, obviously, I chose this <laughs> as my stud for today. Oh so he God. went all the way back to Alexander the Great saying not only was he great, but he also thought he was the greatest looking man in the world. And Alexander the Great said, there's no reason to cover up my beautiful face with a beard. And all of a sudden, it started to disappear. And he said, only recently, beards have become more popular because women like them and they scare off wild animals. Oh, so just cool little God. stories like that, that he talked a good five minutes about, about the history beards. of beards. He's so great. I really um, like that. He had an extremely intelligent sentence also. Not that he's not intelligent all the time, but there was a sentence that I had to read twice in that um in that entire story, honestly, and I was trying to find it right now, but it said something like the people had to mine the integrity of something. It was something like I'll find it in a little bit, but um, either way, I was like the fact that this is all off the cuff and he's doing this. Meanwhile, and if you ever listen, I mean, it's literally while he's still telling you the entire story of the game. Right. He doesn't take any breaks from he that. It's not it like, in, which is right. great. It's not like he's like all of a sudden, hey, um, so I'm going to pause you from the pitch count. No, you get it all. It's, oh my gosh, he's absolutely Don't fantastic retire. and classic. I know, right? Good call. So great. All right, Amanda, who's your stud? Well, mine has nothing to do with beards, sadly, but it does <laughs> have to do with Devontae Freeman 
who is a former Florida State star, and he now plays for the Falcons. And um, I saw this story. He was jogging through his neighborhood, and he saw this 82-year-old woman who was unloading her lawnmower, and she needed help. And so he just stopped and helps her. And then I guess her daughter was in the yard with her and noticed, like, hey, aren't you Devontae Freeman? And so they took a photo with him, and it has gone viral. And he was like, hey... She needed help, so I just, like, stopped to help her. It wasn't a big deal, and it's turned into this whole big thing. So I just thought that was really sweet of him. That's adorable. I, I have know. a quick story to insert here that um, Blad, you'll love. Uh-oh. So I'm back on Team Publix, and I'm in Publix uh, <laughs> Were you this not week. on Team Publix? Well, there was a conversation a couple weeks ago, I don't think you were oh, here. Oh, the gas rewards. About the fuel perks that uh, you can get with elsewhere. However, oh, yes. But um, I'm back <laughs> on Team I Publix. <laughs> I didn't say anything. And anyway, the, the <laughs> one of the main reasons is it's just so great in there. And the other day, I was walking by, and I was on the phone, and I accidentally knocked over container of blueberries and so i had to walk up to the you know front they counter all over the floor there, a few of them did and um before i could even walk up to the counter and explain this random person stopped and helped me pick them up Aww. and i'm on like a business call so it's not like i can hang up and i was like thank you so much you know like trying to whisper it to her but so people like that that spread the random acts mm-hmm. of kindness i just absolutely love and of course Publix was like that's no problem just hand it to us and i was like by the way there's a mess <laughs> May or may not have caused it. Aisle four. <laughs> right, pretty much. Um, all right, my stud, the Cleveland Browns drafted Sean Coleman. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that name? Yes. All right, you may have seen this story is then. He an offensive tackle? He is, I don't even know. Oh, okay. Actually, because my story has nothing to do with what he does on the field. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. Um, you can look it up while I talk about him. Um, S-H-O-N. Coleman. I know. Trust me, he's an offensive tackle. I believe you then. Wait, where did he go to college um all i know is the point of my story is, <laughs> oh we played at auburn that's why i know him because i did all these draft profiles oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah. Now, okay. and so i knew sean coleman was an ot at auburn Got all right it. i believe you all right um what i know about him is that he's a cancer survivor and so instead of going to chicago to do the normal kind of draft um party so to speak with your close friends and family he went to st jude's and had his draft selection witnessed in front of all of these kids Aww. who are fighting cancer Aww. because, right, he wants to show them that he made it through and he's able to go after his dream. And he wants them to see that, you know, there's a, a an actual real goal, a real yes, light at the end awesome. of the tunnel. That's amazing. Right. And so in the midst of kind of tweeting about St. Jude's, because there was a St. Jude's um, patient yeah. actually that announced uh-huh. uh, Andrew that announced a draft um, person, and I forget which team now, but I had one of our listeners tweet me, his name's John, and he said that his daughter used to be a patient at um, St. Jude's, and she unfortunately passed away two years ago, but St. Jude's gave them 10 years plus what they would have normally had with what? her daughter. Yeah, Kelsey. Oh so wow. it was a really, the whole story, like Aww. I said, the, the whole St. Jude's thing was really touching, and obviously all the stuff that we do mm-hmm. with the J Fund yep. and our close connection with them. Kids with cancer is a big thing. So he is my stud. I sort of hope that more players take that approach instead of going to, you know, New York or Chicago, wherever the draft is being held. I understand that's probably a really cool moment. But what 
a better way to do to shine a light on or you know stay at home with your family i think marcus mariota and Jameis winston that last year they were the first players i think to ever do that that were first round draft candidates and so for someone like that to take it up a level and to shine a light on a charity and a worthwhile cause is really great i hope that that's a a a continuing trend yeah no i loved it too all right blythe let's switch to some duds d-u-d duds okay so i don't really like making fun of women in sports no, but, you never do. Uh-oh. My dad this week is Wiley High School in Texas. They were down, or they were up, 6-2, to two, entering the bottom of the seventh, and they were playing against McKinney. McKinney, they had basically, they were down 6-2, to two, so the McKinney ends up scoring two runs and coming back to 6-4. to four. Bases loaded, two outs, they hit, one of the, the McKinney hitter hit an infield ball and the shortstop caught it made a fielder's choice thought she got the force out at second and started celebrating that she got the force out and that they just won this high school champion high school state championship and so they start celebrating the left fielder for wiley realizes what's going on because the runners are still continuing around the bases and they're calling everybody home so the left fielder realizes what's going on she rushes in from left field to try to stop the team from losing because they're over on the side celebrating. And so Wiley ends up coming, or not Wiley, but McKinney ends up coming back and winning the game with two outs and bases loaded, down 6-2, and they end up scoring five runs in order to win. That is a heartbreaking loss. It's a heartbreaking loss, but it's also you play until you get that. You play until the whistle. You play until you get that final call. Don't start celebrating too early. And this poor girl that had hit the infield, that hit the infield ball, she ran to second. And whenever she thought that they had got the out, she just like almost crumbled to her knees thinking that she had just lost. And then the coach is going crazy. The fans are going crazy saying, no, no, run, run, run. And then they ended up running in and she slides in to make the game winning. I feel and like that's amazing. always your cue is just look at the third base coach. Mm-hmm. If you're not sure exactly what's going on, because they're usually paying obviously a lot of attention and they can kind of guide you. Even if you're on the opposing team, like what's he saying to do or she's saying to do. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I'm aware. Right. It was a great, it's a great, I mean, it's 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 a stud for one side and a dud for the other side because you always, always, always play to the whistle or play to the final call. It's a good teaching lesson. Mm-hmm. All right, Amanda Borges, who's your dud? My dud is Ezekiel Elliott. What? <laughs> we all remember. I mean, I'm always down with you picking a Buckeye. I know you are. Dud. <laughs> um, we all remember watching him play for the Buckeyes and watching him roll up his shirt into a stupid crop top jersey. I know where you're going. That nobody <laughs> thinks is cool. All right. Well, we thought it was over. At least I just assumed it was over. No. Here he comes strutting his stuff down the red carpet at the draft, unbuttons his jacket to show off that he rolled up his button down shirt into a crop top. Let it go. It is time for that to die. Okay? We're done with the crop tops. Grow up. You're in the NFL now. It's done. It's over. I think he's already let been it go. not catfished, but he's already been caught by... He had a little, yes, a, a I little saw fun that. with, a, with another girl. And she, took, a, she took a picture of her in bed no. with him. Oh. Was he wearing a crop top yeah, in bed? I cannot tell. <laughs> he was barely awake. Oh, no. But yeah. she's a dead for doing that. Well, and that can That's certainly lead us into a, a whole other yeah, conversation, we which we'll have, get to later yeah. with um, Eli Apple's mama, Annie Apple, and what she tweeted out about yeah. some girls and what they do. Once the draft is over. All right. My dud, speaking of Auburn football players, 
the four guys that were arrested with marijuana. Come on, y'all. Like, do I have to spell it out for you? If you're in public with illegal drugs, you may get caught. If you want to be, I don't know, at somebody's house with illegal drugs and you're not causing any issues, you may have a much less likely chance of getting caught. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing? They should have just wear a gas mask. Like nobody <laughs> wanted to tell what they are. Yeah, that is another topic that we will certainly <laughs> talk about. Uh, by now, everyone knows about Larry Laramie Tunsil and the gas mask. I wonder how many people can actually spell Laramie Tunsil now, especially the first name now. Based off of this story versus before the draft happened, because I'm sure there's several. It's L-A-R-E-M-Y, oh, in case you're wondering. I'd spelled that wrong in my notes. It's quite all right. Uh, you were you were not <laughs> able to internet over the weekend. Right. But so the whole thing, yeah, that's a, like I said, that we will certainly talk about that as well. I wonder if anyone's tried that since, by the way, because I didn't know that that was a thing. I don't know if it is a thing, but I'm curious to find out, I don't know if I'll ever find out. Um, I was just thinking about if young people I know saw people that. that can help you with that. I just think about young people who saw that and go, "Oh, that's an interesting idea. Let's give that a shot." Yeah, I didn't know it was a thing either. Right. I'm extremely claustrophobic, so the idea mm. of putting oh, something yeah. on my face and then putting a bunch of smoke in my eyes is extremely deplorable to me. Yeah. Um, However, if there are people who enjoy that, if as long as you're not videoing it and then you're about to get drafted, do what you do, especially if you're in, I don't know, Colorado where it's legal. Well, apparently that video was like five years old and it's been shopped around a couple different publications or publishers for a few weeks now. So it's clearly somebody trying to ruin his credibility. And here's the thing. We're we're literally about to get into that conversation. But here's the thing that makes me so sad. Let's say I'm TMZ and you come to me, Blythe, with this video. I would hope that if I'm someone who looks at that, I would then secretly... On somebody else's phone, one of my friend's phones that can't be traced to my company, call Laramie Tunsil and be like, hey, dude, or contact him on Twitter. Somehow, some way, get in in touch with him and be like, hey, this is about to happen. You need to change your Twitter password. You need to change your Instagram password. Not that they can't still, like, email it, but at least it's not coming from his accounts. And then it's obviously someone that's trying to sabotage him. When it comes from his account and you're an NFL team, and that's the question we want certainly to talk about next is, would you even draft the guy if you think at any point in time he's the one who posted this? Yeah. So that discussion is coming up next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL 92.5 FM. Ladies, if you're going to want to win some chocolate, I'm pretty sure the items that we have available would be the ones you'll want. One is a Tiffany Players designer plate, and the other is a small replica Peterbrook Chocolate Players trophy. Of course, both by Peterbrook Chocolatier. So here's how you're going to win it. You can win either one or both. It just depends on what you text in to us on the 1010XL text line driven by Duval Ford. You are going to, and thanks to Jordan for this awesome idea, you are going to text in a nickname for Jalen Ramsey and a nickname for Miles Jack. If you want to win just one of them, just text in one nickname. If you want to win both, text in both nicknames, and you'll be able to 
take one of those or both of those potentially home. Ladies, did you think of any nicknames um, for these players? Well, Miles Jack is easy because mm-hmm. Jack is his last name in Jacksonville, so that's super obvious. And I've I've heard a couple just clever Jacksonville type things. For Ramsey, though, I'm struggling. My creative juices are not flowing <laughs> when I think about Jalen Ramsey's nickname. Okay, so I'm stumped. Blythe, what about you? I didn't think of any nicknames. All right, I'm gonna not give y'all. I, I'm not that creative. I'm you not usually to show us up right now. No, but yeah, I'm, you are. Maybe, but I really am not usually <laughs> oh that God. creative. And He's earlier, totally I was like, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna come up with nicknames, and so I should be ready just in case. <laughs> I probably should have thought that way. I did not. <laughs> so, all right, here's what I came up with. Now, I'm a numbers person when it comes to learning new players. So today, it came out that Miles Jack will wear number 44. Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey will wear number 38. Recently um, departed. Sergio Brown wore that number, but Jalen Ramsey did tweet um, after I came up with my nickname for him that it's not the number he picked. So who knows what he'll end up with eventually. But either way, here are my two. They both have to do with their numbers. For Miles Jack, four by four, because his number is 44. Okay. Not like fantastic. Just like I said, threw it out there. And then for Jalen Ramsey, I do really like this one. 38 special. Obviously a band from Jacksonville. I like okay. that one. But don't these number aren't these numbers going to change? Yeah. They could potentially, but we're talking about, you know, here and now. <laughs> these are these are what I have to work with. See, but I don't like that because it's not name specific. 38 special could be anyone. But it's the player who's wearing number 38. I understand, but I still like something clever with the name. And who am I to judge you because you came up with one <laughs> and I did not. So really, I have no platform to stand on while I'm shaking my finger at you. <laughs> But I just like nicknames. Like, I call you LB for obvious reasons because your name is Lauren Brooks. Right. That makes sense. Which is why whenever I tweet LBs are the best, like, I always am insinuating that it's not necessarily the linebacking position. It's just the LBs are the best. Or pounds. Yeah, or pounds. I mean, if you're a player who gets asked to gain a lot of weight, <laughs> I got it. You, oh. All right, let's hear it. Juke and Jalen. Juke okay. and Jalen. Okay. I like it. I mean, that could apply whether he's on the field or on the dance floor. Exactly. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so other people are going to be way more creative than I was and clearly more creative than these two. <laughs> so text into the Tencent Excel text line driven by Duval Ford. Your suggested nickname for either and or Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey. It's really not hard. Just, no. you know, think about it for a little bit and text it in. And uh, Jordan will review those. She'll give us the ones she likes the best. And we will reward you with a Peterbrook chocolate player's replica trophy as well as a tiffany players designer plate mm, it's pretty box sounds too. delicious and six four one ten ten six four one ten ten that's true yeah i always forget to mention the phone number six four one, <laughs> i just ten, assume ten. people know it you know what i thought about this is really bad i probably shouldn't even say this on the air i thought about how if someone asked me for my number and i don't want to give it to them, <laughs> i'll say my number is Yeah, the only issue with that is if they are a listener, then they'll know. Then they'll immediately know and be like, I didn't ask to text you and text everyone at the radio station. I asked for your number. Could you imagine the first message that they get? (laughs) 
Hey, Amanda. What's up? I met you the other night. I know it's late, but I knew you'd pick it up. Oh, my God. I'm well, singing lyrics over here. I know. I I get it. I totally get it. But if right. they know 1010, then I'll just walk away. It's fine. Yeah, there you go. Well, and, then, and then they'll tweet you some mean tweets, which we will certainly get to in a little bit. All right, ladies. A few more things when it comes to the draft. Laramie Tunsil. This awful video gets tweeted out a not really about him, of him, with a gas mask, on, gas mask on, smoking what we presume is weed. I I don't know what else he, he admitted could smoke it was. out of a yeah. gas mask. No one has said it's anything else. Yeah. Well, it um, could have been the, was it Stevia? That's the fake marijuana plant? Spice. Spice? Spice. Isn't Stevia a fake sugar? Yeah. Or so it could be right. Stal- I don't know, Stalvia, maybe, I think. Salvia. Salvia. Oh, there we go. Jordan's got us covered with the drug. No worries. Apparently. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for being drug expert. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure Stevia is one of those fake sugars. But either way, if you're too. an NFL general manager, you're looking at this player who is now rapidly dropping out of where he would have normally been selected because of this, at some point in time, incident with drugs, I'll call it. Would you or would you not have taken him? Um... It's hard because you want to be able to get to the bottom of it. And in this day and age with social media, it can be like we've seen Satan because that was the only reason why he fell so far. Um, but if you're on the fence about him or you he's at the top of your draft board, but you also have someone else. I wouldn't take him. I would not take him. But I also see the side of, okay, well, we don't know when this video was taken. It could have been taken in high school. It could but, have it, been taken but you three. only have a certain amount of time know, to be able to figure I mean. it all out. Right. So my first instinct would be no. No. Okay. Well, from what I read and from what I understand, he was very honest about this video and that it was out there. And he told teams about but not it. not until after, right? I, I, well, I his think agent he... was running around telling teams it wasn't oh. him. Because... I, and I don't know how much access the teams had at that moment See, to the I, full video or if they just had the time where it was the gas mask on his face. I don't know exactly. So, yeah. Well, apparently, from what I read, the, the video has been around for more than five years. Um, and he actually told teams about it. So a lot of the teams that knew about it, including oh. the Dolphins, they didn't take them off the board. And what the confusing part was in sort of the chaos of the draft is that they didn't know why it was coming from his social media account. And then there were also the texts about getting, you know, rent payment Benefit. for his yeah. parents or Among for us. his uh, his parents out at Ole Miss. So that, I think, was scaring teams away from him more so than a five-year-old video, which apparently a lot of teams already knew about. So I don't know that I would take him off of my board for something like that, but I did hear an interesting question asked earlier on the Dan Patrick show, and they said, would you take, if you're a GM and you're in that position, are you taking a guy that has social media questions, or are you taking a guy that has injury questions? And which one would you rather bet your future on? Well, for me, if I'm sitting there I'm still going to take him based off of if I'm probably any team other than the Jaguars and not the position that we don't need, but more because of the whole Justin Blackman thing that obviously that's mm-hmm. going to terrify you. I think any other team looks at it and goes, uh, this was a college kid. This was an, something that he was doing in his own home. He, for all we know now, granted, it looks like he's in his own home because there's like the, you know, rebel flag flag. behind him and everything. Mm -hmm. But in theory, if you really think it through, he could have been in Colorado where this is perfectly legal and you don't know if this is an addiction. 
Yes, someone who smokes weed out of a gas mask probably <laughs> has smoked it uh, multiple times. However, they also, if you've talked to this kid and, and all these teams at this point had, if they were interested in him, you were able to to kind of say, all right, give me the absolute honest truth, because otherwise I will come find you and I will choke you and I will choke your pet. Because if you're lying to me right now pet. and you screw me over, I say that just because. Well, that's of that, that's one of the things that a lot of people were, especially in, you know, the, the debate afterwards, they said that they appreciated Tunsil's honesty. Mm hmm. Follow, immediately following, as soon as he got picked, they, they asked him live on camera. He, there was no PR team that was, you know, feeding him answers. And he gave an honest answer to both of the, the crisis that happened to him in that, you know, short st- time span. And then it's funny, you hear him the next day talking in front of the Dolphins press conference whenever he's getting introduced and he gives the very uh, PR fluff answer. And, you know, I'm just happy the Dolphins chose me. I'm just happy to play for the Dolphins. Yeah, and he had an allergic reaction, supposedly, and that's why he didn't have the full But he did have the full conference. press conference. It was just about an hour delayed. That's yeah, all. Yeah. But that so, annoys me, too. Like, don't come up with this excuse. What Everyone, if it was legitimate? I hope it was. But it, it the timing of it. I think it was legitimate. You I think really I, do? Yeah, I, it, because if it wasn't legitimate, then he wouldn't have pushed it off for only an hour. He would have pushed it off for at least a couple days or a day. You know what he's allergic to? Mm-hmm. Which is the same thing I would be the allergic media. to. media? Losing six to ten million dollars, potentially. That would make me physically ill. Well, yeah. there were a lot of people that said, oh, it was the stepdad, because the stepdad filed charges, I think, a week before to sue right. him because he's in a fight with his mother. But apparently, this it, the guy that released the video had access to his social media and was posting on his behalf because he was a, quote-unquote, a financial advisor. Which and- I've never in my life imagined any sort of financial advisor that I've dealt with having access to any of my social media accounts. Well, apparently, th- this was a... It, th- this happens quite frequently from what I've heard is that, you know, these young guys that have aspirations to play for the NFL and it looks like they're actually going to play there. That's when these sort of leeches start coming out of the woodwork and they scout and they camp out at these different colleges all over the country. And he was and he befriended him and had him manage his social media accounts. And so that's how he had access to his social media accounts in order to post that sort of sensitive information that came directly from Instagram and directly from Twitter. But then he fired him. Yeah. So why would you change your passwords to all of you that? You probably don't even think about that. I, I, I've known people that have gotten hacked and they just legit just don't think about it. That's the last thing that's, you know, they're, they're worried about. But especially you if you should, have, you should think about that. It doesn't matter. Like think about even like company social accounts like what if your social media manager quits even if Mm -hmm. they didn't get fired like you need like the protocol is like you change passwords to things all the time because it's fair game who does it who 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 changes their password they they say you should change your your passwords on all of your accounts right every six months or so or whenever you get who does that nobody does that yeah but i think you should be more you should be more aware if you're someone like laramie tunzel who's about to get drafted Everything is on the line. Everything. And you just fired someone that had access to everything. I don't I don't know how soon before. I think it was at least a year that he fired this guy. Oh, I think it was just a couple weeks. I heard it was a couple weeks. I I heard it was before the season because he said, you know, I'm going to get myself straight. I want to get myself on the straight and narrow. And he went to the university and told him about this guy and told him that he was becoming a problem. And that's when the university stepped in and sort of became his shield to this guy. And so I think that was sort of a last stitch effort right before he gets drafted, you know, I've done so much for you and this is the way you're going to treat me. I'll show you type of deal. 
So I, I think he's definitely got a, a, a liable case on his hands. He's got. It was estimated he lost about six million dollars from yeah. falling to thirteen. So I, I think he's definitely going to be um, trying to recoup some of that money back. But which that part will be fascinating because I don't yeah. know that we've seen a lawsuit yet that has entailed something like this, where someone hacked into someone mm-hmm. else's. Obviously, there's been the video case with Aaron Andrews and the video case with the Hulk, but not necessarily something like this. So I think that'll set a huge precedent nationally. Oh. For for sure. what can potentially happen and hopefully send a message to people. Let's say a guy and his girlfriend break up and they had each other's passwords. Like, let me now think I don't want to post negative stuff about him because I could potentially then come back and get sued by him. If, you know, it, if, he figures out who it was, which I mean, again, it's same thing. Case of Laramie Tunsil, like there's not that many people in your world mm-hmm. that have your passwords. It's right. just, but- it, it's also one of those situations where it's like the only person that you probably believe that when they say they got hacked, like you legit believe Laramie Tunsil that he got <laughs> yeah. hacked. Everybody else, I don't believe you. I think that it depends. Uh, Jordan Diarman actually got hacked on Twitter earlier today, yes, and um, Jordan, Jordan, right? Like I believe it, and I'm not even going to say what happened. I'm just going to say that Jordan is a lovely individual who would never do anything wrong here at Ten Tonight. That tweet has 34 likes and nine retweets. Oh, so, no. I so everybody it. in Jacksonville thinks I, you know. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait! It's still alive, or have you deleted it? No, I didn't delete it. I haven't been on my Twitter. Until now, until you reminded me, now I do need to delete it. <laughs> yeah, go you delete it. You may as well leave it up because I think it's funny. And I think if you delete it, then it more looks like you may have defecated in the restroom versus mm. it being a hack job. Yeah, I don't want that. I'm a big fan of tweet and delete, though. Big fan. Really? Yeah. But it still lives Interesting. on well, because internet. Speaking of tweets, we are going to talk about a viral video that ESPN put out last week regarding some mean tweets. So stay tuned for that. You are listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right. We have a Twitter poll that we want your feedback on. You can find it on at Helmets and Heels. How do you handle annoying people online? Blythe, tell them their options of how they can handle them. You can either block them or you can mute them or you can ghost them, which means ignore them, or you can challenge their opinion. And how do you handle it? Uh, (laughs) It depends on the situation. I don't necessarily like to block people because I feel like they know that they're blocked and then they know that they got under your skin enough to block them. Right. So I just mute them. But even the mute button is doesn't work as well as I thought it would because I've muted people and they still show up in my mentions. Really? Yeah. And it annoys me. That hasn't happened to me because I typically give people the benefit of the doubt. Three strikes? Not. Well, I guess three. Um, yeah, three or depending on what you say. So I don't get a lot of mean tweets, which I'm very thankful for, but I've got a couple that are just annoying and they're probably meant to be mean, but they're more of like a nice mean. Mm-hmm. So, and when they come from the same people, that's when I'm like, all right, dude, bye. Like, I don't have time to, for you to come up on my feed. <laughs> if it's like multiple people that I don't even know, or it's one person here, one person there, then whatever, I let it go. But I think I've only done it handful of times and i mute i don't block i just mute 
Yeah, I've never blocked anyone. The mute I actually have never done to someone that's annoying. I do it more if you tweet too much. If you're someone who's uh, like literally yeah. constantly tweeting, I only have Twitter for sports. I do not right. follow news accounts. I don't follow. Honestly, I don't even follow like a lot of friends. I literally have mm-hmm. and I have probably the least amount of people that I follow the of anyone that I know. Frank and I actually are very similar when it comes to Twitter. Yeah. I follow 232 people wow. and I'll look at other people and oh, they wow. follow like almost a thousand people. And I'm like, how yeah. can you keep up with that on a daily basis? I don't want I literally only want to see things and I want to make sure that it's stuff that I want to read. Mm-hmm. And if I find that somebody's retweeting stuff too much, like a lot of times players, I'll follow them and then they retweet everything that someone everything. says about them. Yeah, I can't handle you that. You can turn retweets off, which well, I found yeah, out. And it's I'm going to I'm going to blow your mind, thing. Lauren, because what I do is follow people even some like that aren't sports related and i have a list that's just sports so the majority of the time i'm on twitter i'm looking at my sports list and i have like a thousand people in my list from national writers to athletes to whoever that's involved in sports yeah so it's separate but and and i that would blow my mind if i was interested in something else other than sports right but because I'm not, well, I'm saying you're allowed to follow whoever you want, and then just create a list. Yeah, for yeah. but I don't filter your people. I, literally, yeah. Twitter to me is a professional environment. I, right. If people use cuss words too much, I I can't stand it. I I literally want to follow news, make sure that I'm aware, make sure that I can find it pretty quickly too, because I don't like to be on it on times that I'm away from work. So I literally want to be able to ch- be able to kind of do a quick scan, and especially working at a college, obviously there's a lot of tweets that come. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, promoting UNF as well. So I want to be able to scan stuff and I, I don't want to have like clutter, but that's how I am in general too. I don't like, I don't, I'm a minimalist and I don't like a lot of stuff. Like in my purse right now, there's literally like a sunglasses case, a wallet and some lip gloss and that's it. So that's just how I am. But I also understand that I'll see people retweet things that I will never would have found. Mm-hmm. Like during the draft, this Laramie Tunsil video, I never would have found that. Right. And somebody else following more people would have found that. And I get that. I guess I'm just not in the in the profession to where I need to be able to monitor everything, which is kind of nice, too. That is nice. I have a bunch of lists and I follow close to a thousand people. And I, I, I try to get the follow count down. But when I go through it, I'm like, oh, I can't unfollow that person. I can't unfollow that <laughs> yeah. person. So that's when the lists just come in handy and you can just add different people to different lists. Like I have a, a, a women's sports blog list. I have um, sports athletes list and I have an entertainment list and then I have just all encompassing lists. So it's just it's it's a bunch of lists. Organization is my thing. And I think it depends on how much time you have to be able to spend that on it too. as well. Yeah. When we are, I'm a, I'm on Twitter a lot more now than I am when we when our sports are in seasons, like a lot of the main sports. I literally wouldn't have time. I don't even have five minutes some days in a 14 hour day to be able to check it. So I have to be able to kind of take myself back. And now it's much more fun to kind of now that things have slowed down, we're entering into summer. I can really like read it and, and read more articles than I ever would have. I read an article um, the other day from forget where it was, maybe ESPN or SI that was all from the high school coach of Laramie Tunsil's perspective and how he's reached out to Laramie Tunsil several times. And he's a very close male figure in Laramie Tunsil's life. And at that time, this was over the weekend, I think Saturday, um, Laramie hadn't reached back out to him mm-hmm. yet. And so it was kind of breaking the heart, obviously, of the high school coach. Why but- don't you give him a few days if he's that close with him? 
Well, he was giving him a few days, and maybe I read the. Actually, I'm sure I read this Monday. I probably wouldn't have read it over the weekend. So I think it had been since Thursday night that he had tried to reach out. And, you know, of course, when you're a media person and you have to write a lot of stories, you're going to reach out to Laramie Tunsil's mm-hmm. high school coach and see what you can dig up. And I guess Laramie's dad wasn't really in his life. Um, and I can't remember why now, but this guy was very influential and Laramie had, you know, like I said, yet to reach back out to him. And he's like, all I want to tell him is you've got to make smart decisions. I'm still here for you. But he's like, I really want to give him the tough love and not just tell him what he needs to hear right now, which is, mm-hmm. oh, this is somebody else's fault. Right. But all that is a, an aside story um, to get back to the whole tweets and the mean tweets. So. ESPN filmed Sarah Spain and Julie DeCarmo and had random men off the street come in and read tweets that these women have received on their official Twitter accounts that random people have sent into them. And it's, to me, one of the most disgusting th- videos I've probably ever watched. It's very excruciating to watch. It was it was awful, and I think it was more awful because the women knew what had been tweeted into them, and they knew what the guys were about to read, but the guys had no idea. And I felt awful for these guys who have not done or said any of this to these women and don't feel like this. And I can't imagine the flip side of a guy asking me to read something like this to him. And I had no idea and calling him all these awful names. And so if you haven't watched the video, I highly recommend watching it. It's extremely uncomfortable. The, some of the things that were said, like Julie DeCarmo had written a piece where she told a very personal story about being raped and someone wrote in, I hope you get raped again. Mm -hmm. And then they, of course, use certain terms that I would never use to any woman. Um, And it just it literally I was crying when I was watching it. I was very deflated. So I wanted I want to know about y'all. I knew we saved this for this week. And I really want to hear how it made y'all feel. For me, it wasn't new that this stuff goes on. It personally has never happened to me on that scale, but obviously these women are so much more successful than I am. They have, you know, thousands and thousands of more followers, which leads to, you know, more and more hate. Um, but my feeling for years really was, well, why don't they just mute them or why don't they just block them? Like it's, you know, just block and move on and, or only turn on notifications from people that you follow. And I was like, well, that's, that's a simple solution to, to get around that problem. Then I started thinking and I read this other article and it's like women shouldn't have to ignore this kind of behavior. This 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 shouldn't be part of the job to be insulted on that level just for merely doing your job. You're not provoking this. And this sort of stems back to, you know, the, the rooted cause of, you know, victim blaming. And, well, what did you know, if someone gets raped, well, was she asking for it or what was she wearing or something like that? So it sort of comes back to victim blaming and it, it really I think the the worst and the best part of it is that it took the men's reaction to reading these tweets in order for mo- or a mass of people in order to feel sympathy for what these women have been talking about for years mm-hmm. that they go through this kind of I mean this is a daily thing that they get stuff like this said to them. So it's just it's it's disheartening but hopefully the good that comes out of it is that more people put a face to a name with some of this stuff and that they put more actions in or precautions in place that will prevent this in the future. Because I definitely think that there's steps that Twitter and other social networks can take to prevent this, but I just don't know that they're ever going to implement it. 
It's easier to type something out than it is to say something verbally. So if I need to say something to you, Lauren, it might be easier for me to text you. Or if I need to get a hold of our GM, I'll just send him an email or send him a text instead of walking over to his office and talking with him just because it's more convenient. Because of that, it's in our minds that if if we just type something out, a lot of people don't think they don't think it has the same impact as if you said it to their face. So this video proves that words, whether written or spoken, have the same effect. Sometimes it's even worse when it's written because you can read it over and over again and it sticks with you. You can go back and you can read it. Um, you can delete it if you want, but if not, it, it lives there. Whereas when someone says something verbally, it can go one in one ear and out the other, um, but it's said and then, and then the words disappear. So it was needed to visualize how words affect people and I'm someone I'm I'm a writer and I'm really good at communicating so words mean a lot to me whether you're lifting me up and building my confidence or you're bringing me down both affect me in a major way so watching this video I was picturing myself sitting there and I would have it would have stirred up more emotions even though those guys didn't mean what they were saying to me, they were just reading these mean tweets. So it's one of those things where a lot of times it's just internet trolls that don't care and they would never even say that to your face, but there's no excuse, no excuse at all. And I agree with what you said, Blythe, but I don't know that we can find a way to stop this because there's always that mentality for a, a chunk of men that think women don't belong in mm -hmm. sports. Yes. We're, we're moving forward, and there are more and more women in sports and more successful women, but there still are those men that don't think that they women don't like will, change. Yeah, they just don't and like to it. see them and to hear them more often now right. is is a threat to their own being. And and I I said this on the Manzi and Miller show. It's it's like asking people uh, irrational people to be rational, and it just doesn't happen. And then you give them this platform that they can reach whoever they mm -hmm. want and say whatever they want, and there's no repercussions. Right. Unless it's a situation where I think it, it's this is a bad example right now, but Kurt Schilling and his daughter, when his daughter got accepted into college, she got a bunch of hateful messages. Kurt Schilling found out about a few of the guys that were sending these messages and got the identity of one of them. One of them was a baseball player who's wow. a pitcher on the on the the team that the girl was that his daughter was going to and he sent that tweet to the university and he was kicked off the baseball team wow so i think little things like that need to start happening in more of a mass appeal in order to sort of maybe scare some of these guys from doing it but twitter i i, I think that they can absolutely do more because right now all it takes is that if they get blocked then they just delete their account and start a new one but there i mean you can block people by ip addresses you can identify someone by an ip address and that's Every single computer in the country has an IP address and you could you could solve a lot of these problems by simply doing taking that measure and blocking these eggs from being able to reach out to people and, and cause so much emotional damage. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Take it a step farther. If you had to sign on to your Twitter account using your thumbprint, if your thumbprint was now linked to everything that you ever did on all social media accounts, not just Twitter, because it's not just Twitter mm -hmm. that has these issues, but then, oh my gosh, all of a sudden now you can't delete your Twitter once you are reported as being someone who harasses people. Never again can you have that social media. And obviously I'm not advocating for for the companies to undergo this massive amount of um, expenditure in order to get to that point. But I do think at some point people need to be more aware of what they're putting on social media because of what they can get back 
on it. And so if you are starting to get a lot of negative stuff on on, let's say it's Twitter, Instagram, even Snap, well, Snapchat, I guess people can't really write back Facebook. If if that's the case and you're not someone who needs a national platform for it, you can make it private. And if you lose Mm -hmm. followers or if your followers go down, I don't care. You shouldn't care. You should feel more protected. You should be able to want to take those precautions to get to a point where you're not getting this. Right. Someone like Sarah Spade and Julie DeCarmo or someone like Aaron Andrews or someone like Samantha Ponder, they can't really do that in the world of Twitter specifically. They could with when it comes to all the other ones. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Twitter, that's that's something that they're using for their profession. And there are certainly more steps that need to be taken in order to protect people. We have pl- all these different procedures in place where if someone gets on a plane and says something about a bomb, all of a sudden everything stops. If someone is in the workforce and their boss or their coworker whether it's a guy or a girl, gets sexually harassed, we have all different protocol in place in order to protect that person. So why is it that on social media now it's it's something that we're not protecting the person? We should be able to be, somehow track these people, whether it's a location, whether it's a thumbprint, whether it's an IP address, to be able to somehow get back and say, this is not allowed. You are now going to face the consequences that come with, with whether you had done this in someone's face whether you've done it on the phone, what have you. That's just how I feel personally. You could also, and, and I was thinking about this earlier, I'm like, how else could Twitter do this? An IP address, I would think, would be the simplest thing. But then they could also set up a parameter where y- you have certain settings on your account where you can only get notifications from people that you follow. What if they put into place uh, a, a set of parameters where you only get notifications from verified accounts? And I think that that in order to be verified, you would have to verify, you know, your your uh, a photo, your name and an address of where you live, something that identifies mm-hmm. you in case something like this happens in the future where you're sending threatening messages. Somebody knows where to go to get to the root of that problem. And I think that that could be because one of the, the best things about Twitter is that you can meet new people and you can meet similar people with your similar views and you can interact with with fans and readers. And that's the best thing about Twitter. So I think that that's why a lot of people don't turn their accounts into private mode or they don't you know, turn on notifications for only people that they follow because they like the fan interaction. And we like doing it, too, especially with with this show and this platform. But I think that there are certain things that Twitter can can as a company and in order to see their network go into a, a, a better, safer level in that Facebook realm of things where you don't just have a bunch of unidentified people just making these random comments and, and, and insulting and harassing and, and, and doing illegal things through a platform that's meant to not do those things. And what do you think? Um, we're going to go to break here right now, but what do you think? Don't you think about during the break? What if you had to pay for these social media accounts? Would that change the way you view them? And would it change maybe the way that other people interact with them? We will come up with our answers for that as well as some interesting comments from Eli Apple's mom, a recent draftee out of Ohio State. You are listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010 2.5 FM. Jaguars football by women, for women, and men. Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL 92.5 FM. 
It's Jaguars football and a whole lot more. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by DreamFinders Homes. Blythe, Amanda, Lauren, along the ride with you if you're driving home tonight. We are missing Dee Murph, but she'll be back with us live at the Players next week. And a brand new member, Jordan Diarman, spinning the hits in there, doing a fantastic job. Getting a little diverse back here. Yeah, absolutely. We like well, it. Um, Tony Smith loves uh, that kind of music, so you can always say you're playing it for him since he likes to camp out during our show, you know, and just uh, wait patiently until the Fat Tuesday show starts. All right, uh, Amanda, you sent out an email with a direct link to a tweet that Eli Apple's mother, Annie Apple, sent, and uh, it was a very interesting one. I'm just going to paraphrase. Oh, no, we have to read it. Okay, all right. Well, then you are welcome to read it. Um, I am good with the paraphrasing because it's oh, you want very me to read it? specific, but it's yeah, very specific, but it's funny and it's a little inappropriate, but not super inappropriate. So Eli Apple was drafted and his mom, Annie Apple, like you said, uh, tweeted, quote, praying for all the thirsty girls sliding in new NFL rookies DMS with heavy booty and cleavage <laughs> action picks. Only Jesus can quench your thirst, unquote. So to break that down a little bit, in case people don't know it, sliding into DMs means. What do you mean? Everybody knows what that means. My parents, my dad has Twitter. My mom doesn't have Twitter. I don't. Okay, I she wouldn't right. know what sliding okay. into DMs is. And okay. since they listen religiously, um, no pun intended on don't part of that. Have, yeah, his mom knew who that. Knew so I didn't know that, that is. Yeah. Well, sure, because she is a obviously a, a very um, active person on social media in right. general. She's she's an mm-hmm. advocate of Twitter. But so the first part of that is basically women stop prostrating yourselves for these men taking pictures of your Heavy body booty. parts, which should remain, <laughs> um, I guess hidden would be my easiest way to phrase it until you actually get to know the guy. So stop that part and the sliding into your DMS on Twitter, there's direct messages and it used to be on Twitter. Speaking of kind of Twitter security that you could only message people that you followed and mm-hmm. they followed you back. Well, now you can direct message anybody. So I'm sure that mm-hmm. you can turn that off. Well, you can. But what off. she's saying the day is, it came out. What she's saying is there's obviously going to be a lot of players that are recently drafted. All of a sudden, they just hit the lottery, basically, when it comes to their bank accounts. And these women are going to essentially be cleat chasers, send pictures of themselves, try to get the guys interested. Then this, I loved my favorite phrase on there, by the way, was thirsty. Um, thirsty for money clearly is what she means. And then she says, Jesus is the only thing in the world that can quench your thirst. Um, so there's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole multidimensional tweet, honestly, because it's, it's part kind of, modern and then it's also part extremely spiritual which most people would call traditional so if your mother tweeted this out what would you do um what eli apple chose to do is say mom never and then zero chill or something like mom never chilling something like that and then like monkeys laughing so what would you do if that was your mom and that's what she tweeted out i would laugh 
I, I thought it, the whole exchange is hilarious because there are there are blogs and there are women's groups dedicated solely just for chasing after athletes. Of course. And they'll tell you they'll they'll say so and so is at this club at this time tonight, and they'll put on their skankiest outfits and they'll hit the town and they'll try and that's their objective is to try to get themselves a husband. You can see them out at the golf course. You can see them out at hockey rinks. You can see them everywhere. These are. It, it's it's more of like they're looking for their way out instead of just making their own future. And especially for rookies, I think they're very impressionable. And I don't want to treat them like children because they're not children, but they obviously are entering a brand new phase of life and they're fresh out of college and they're getting all of this attention. So I think a lot of them can be naive to say, oh, my gosh, I'm getting attention from these beautiful girls. Like, why would I turn she that really down? She really likes me. Right. <laughs> And psych, listen, we're girls. We know how to say the right things. Okay. So like, just, just beware, beware because we'll get you. I don't know that I've ever thought, wow, I really know what to say to seduce a guy I've never met before. Yeah, me neither. Um, but oh. I think it's hysterical in the sense that so many players kind of responded to his mom and when I first looked at your email, Minda, I wasn't 100% sure that it really was his mom. Yes, they have the same last name, but it didn't say anything about her being his mom, like on her right. Twitter profile. And I was like, maybe this is just a coincidence. And he responded to it. And then when I realized it was his mom, I found it phenomenal. I fully believe in what she's saying, which is, and I think she kind of had a direct message to her son specifically, like, hey, yo, don't believe that any of these women are after the right things. They're not after love. No offense to people who go on The Bachelor. But to me, and I don't watch the show, but to, I've seen it in the past because I think it's been on since I was in college. It's a long time it's ago. It's been on for a while. Yeah. Um, and like, come on. Yeah. You're sleeping with somebody somebody else is sleeping with. And oh, by the way, the next person and the next person. And he's telling you 25 women he loves you. Right. And same thing for the chick and the guys it's not like it's one you know gender is wrong and i guess wrong is probably too um too acute of a word in this situation but it's just not how i feel um like to me come on realize that what she is is saying is true like these women are not what you want and also i believe in the second part like there is something greater and has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with the way she looks either. Like right. you'll probably find the girl at a Bible study or at church. If that's, if that is truly what you also believe. I think he has nothing to worry about with a mom like that. <laughs> she is going to have her, not necessarily her claws, but she will have her eyes and her ears out and she will be paying attention to any girl that he brings around and probably not just him but everybody on the giants she's probably going to be like that team mom team and you got to kind of love that about it so you think she has access to his social media yeah. accounts that's I what i wondered no. i would hope not no but you know what there's another side to this people meet significant others on social media all the time <laughs> and i know two prominent people in sports and i'm sure there are more but i can i can name two who had the other person slide into their DMs and they are now married. Okay? It Just happens. throwing that out there. Two prominent people in sports. Who okay. are these people? Uh, Sam Ponder. Christian Ponder DM'd her. Okay? That's how they started dating. They're now married with child. All right? Scout is so cute. Scout is adorable. Um, 
Do you know Nikki Noto, who's now Palmer? Yeah. Her husband plays for the Steelers. He DM'd her. Huh. So there you go. So it happens. But you know what I bet did not happen? (laughs) I'm going to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to say that, yeah, they didn't take naked pics of themselves and be like, hey, yo, do you want to hang out? Like trying to get that Snapchat I bet they were like, hi, you're very intelligent. I really appreciate your personality. Would you like to get dinner sometime? Absolutely. Like, girls... Take a note from the guys. Like, you can do that, too. Hey, I really appreciate that you run a 4-3-40, and the way you tackle people is, like, lights my, you know, fire. So. I would never. No, no. This is why. That's no. still better than pictures no. of yourself. Lauren, you just said that you don't know what to say to the opposite sex. <laughs> And she followed that it. up. She proved it. Yeah. Listen, football players are human beings. They don't want girls to talk about how they play. They want to be liked for being how themselves. How do you know? Well, there there was that instance with uh, <laughs> LeBron James. into somebody's DMs and tried that. it. I understand. Or have you? Or have I? <laughs> no. I really like the way you caught that ball. Oh, well. <laughs> that route you ran. Woo. Ezekiel, the way your stomach looked and your crop top. Oh, my oh, goodness. Ezekiel. That's what Amanda well, said. Ezekiel, Ezekiel already fell into the trap, apparently, right? That right. girl took a photo Snapchat. in bed with him. See, Eli Apple's mom out. is yeah. trying to help yeah. a brother out. Well, it could also be a situation, I think it was LeBron James, that he has people that run his social media as well. And I guess one of his boys like hit up this Instagram model. I saw that in the DMs, oh, and then no. she takes a snap or she takes a screenshot of it and then sends it out. And then all of a sudden, her popularity rises uh, just because King James is DMing her, or so she thought. So it could right. be for a little social bit of publicity. Media is ridiculous. Such yeah, games. It, it scares me for yeah. for people who are not necessarily fully aware of who they are and their confidence, whether it's men or women. That part of social media really, truly does scare me. That that one negative thing can turn into something where it makes you really upset about something in your life. Like Jessica Blaylock, you know, who used to be on our show. Now she mm-hmm. covers the Marlins and the Panthers. Uh, the Florida Panthers, that is, the hockey team. Um, she tells a story where the worst thing she ever got on Twitter was a guy saying, you have a unibrow and you have shoulders like a linebacker. Right. And for her, I think at first it really bothered her. And then, of course, she kind of grew to be like, please, you're just someone who's jealous of my social stature or my now rise in the sports <laughs> media world. And so, you know, say all the hateful things you want, like, I'm going to block you and then move on from my life. But someone who wasn't as confident as her might have seriously, you know, gotten extremely upset about that. And and there are worse things that are said. So you can only see how that can eventually make someone need almost counseling if it's on a repeated basis. So uh, to to bring it full circle, um, my thoughts are always with these women that have the very successful roles like and and I absolutely love Lindsay Zarniak if anyone says anything negative Mm -hmm. about her I don't even see that's possible but I'm sure that 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 happens Mm -hmm. and so I I am always thinking of them and and hoping that people will eventually get to a point where they don't say harassing things if you want to be mean about something that I got wrong by all means you know tell me I said the wrong team right. if you're wrong or if you disagree absolutely and you can totally disagree all day fine. long yes. exactly yep 
All right. Well, we have some favorite draft moments. Also, the worst draft moments that we saw. That is coming up next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Girls just want to talk football. More Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. Now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Well, these girls just want to talk football, but there are some girls who want to do a whole heck of a lot more with football players. And thanks to Jordan's um, pulse on today's music. This song is called <laughs> It Goes Down in the DM. Oh, Yo Gotti you. tells it like it is. Yeah, I think there are going to be people listening, specifically potentially some moms who are going to go, you know, either to work tomorrow or tonight, say to their child, do you know what DMs are? Oh, no. Stay away. <laughs> Has anyone ever slid into your DMs, honey? Right. Like, I think like the all of a sudden there's a little bit of, right, some awareness now of something that may not have been known previously. <laughs> but you know what? It, it evolves all the time because I remember when I was young, we had AIM. So it's mm-hmm. instant messenger. And I was in high school, maybe even a little bit in middle school. And then there was MySpace. And so there's always going to be some sort of platform that's not completely authentic for people to connect. And you just kind of have to learn how to navigate it and be safe. That's really all it is. I've heard of now the younger generations are getting away from more of the public platforms in Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And they're going more to the private apps like the messenger apps, you know, WhatsApp or even Snapchat. Um, they're, they're taking their, their, I guess their, uh, messaging there. <laughs> messaging is they're, very, they're, very loose term. Yeah, well, their their social media lives is yeah, really what they it wanted is. it to. They want it to be private because private. all of their relatives and their family members are on all of the other networks, so they want to just stay away from that as much as possible. So it might be might sense. be changing. Yeah, maybe. I have have said before. I'm someone who believes firmly in certain things being private or within at least a group of people that I can approve, and that's just how. It would be if I had a 14-year-old daughter, there's no way in the world she would be allowed to have a public Twitter or public Instagram. um, And I would monitor the Facebook type of network very closely. Not because I would expect her to be doing anything wrong um, or it would be her fault, but far more because there are creeps everywhere. And And bullies, too. Online Mm -hmm. bullying is a huge, huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, ladies, the draft happened last week. And uh, Thursday night certainly was the probably the biggest splash of all when Laramie Tunsil's video was tweeted out and from his verified account. And then he kind of had a free fall. He he really probably only fell a few spots, not what from four to 13. The Ravens had him on their board. Yeah. I mean, they would have had to trade up to get him at four because the Cowboys were at four. Oh, right. Right. But he's five. five, That's what I'm thinking. Six. Yeah, he still wouldn't have he still would have been picked higher than than what as it turned out. Um, But there were some other interesting things that happened from the draft. For me, probably the most ironic was the picture of Johnny Manziel that was sent out him looking like a scrub muffin (laughs) sitting at a bar, you know, hasn't shaven, looks lost. And he was watching the NFL draft on TV. 
that is is just such a picture of his life right now. That to me was probably one of the more obviously negative moments of the draft. But at the same time, like, hey, dude, you had this whole life in front of Wake you and you kind of squandered it. So shave your face, <laughs> put your nose in a playbook, get out of L.A. or wherever you've been partying recently. But anyway, that was one of my my kind of worst moments, so to speak. What about some other good ones, some bad ones, ladies? I don't know that I have a bad one. I guess the most surprising to me was because before the draft, Miles Jack talk was so hyped up. I was very shocked when Jalen Smith was taken before him. I loved that. I mean, not necessarily for Miles Jack, obviously now. You love that Jalen Smith was taken? I love that Jalen Smith was taken, yeah. See, I don't because the only reason Jalen Smith was taken before Miles Jack was because there was this rumor going around that Miles Jack and his knee just weren't good enough and he won't be able to play right away. And there are so many question marks. And so it just proves that talk really does affect these players' futures. Mm-hmm. Like, think about Miles Jack had the best workout ever with the Jags and he worked out with other teams and he probably had great workouts with them as well. But the second rumors start that, hey, actually this doctor says his knee isn't right and people are tweeting about it and whatever. I just think it's so crazy. And I actually wrote a blog on 1010XL.com and I did research on the draft and when it started. And I can't remember the year. It was 1936 or 38. And the, the Those were the two picks that the Jags had. Isn't that funny? I know. 38. Amid- and I could be wrong. So maybe, 36. Maybe that's what's in your maybe head. Maybe that's what's in my head. I love but it. regardless, when the draft started, scouts didn't even exist. GMs made their picks based off what the media said about the players. Think about if that were the case today. Can you think about Dave Caldwell listening to our show and being like, oh, they're talking really highly about Miles Jack. Maybe we should just take Miles Jack because of that. I just that blows my mind because of how it's changed over the years. But that was, I think, the biggest surprise, which ultimately led to what people are now calling the steal for the Jags. I wonder if it was the Jaguars that put that news out (laughs) there that his knee was just trash. Well, nobody else would take him. I mean, certainly he even said something about the whole microfracture surgery, um, you know, to media people. Well, the day before the draft, I think he he messed up whatever he said that. But then Dr. James Andrews didn't come out and say anything about his knee until the second day of the draft. So it almost helped the Jags that uh, maybe, you know, the the doctor wasn't available on draft day or something. I don't know. Yeah, I loved it for Jalen Smith specifically um, played for Notre Dame and was injured severely Mm -hmm. um, because Still is, by the way. Yeah, there's potential there. And that's just, I don't ever want to see any player, no matter who it is or where they're going to go play eventually, um, have one injury change their entire life. And yes, for Miles Jack, the reason I'm so pumped about that is because he came here. Had Had he free fallen and all of us had to watch that and it was excruciating and he didn't get taken by the Jags, then that would be a sad moment for me. But heck no. Oh, one of my other favorite moments... You were you watching when Paxton Lynch got taken? Yes, and in he the just bowling alley. Bawling. It was I. That was another great mm-hmm. moment for me. Someone else had a draft party at a bowling alley too. It wasn't Paxton Lynch. There was another player, which I think is funny. Like, why the it's bowling weird. alley? Is that weird? It's a little weird. Yeah. But I do think that the Cowboys are sort of the hidden MVP in the Jaguars draft because they took Ezekiel Elliott. They did, and then they took Jalen Smith. Yeah. So I think that it definitely helped us out. 
a ton for for us to be able to grab the arguably the two out of the the you know top five defensive players in the entire draft. But one of my favorite moments, and I don't want to say favorite, but I think it's sort of telling about how the game is changing, is the Bucks trading up in the second round to take the kicker. Yeah, which they got hammered for, and they're still getting hammered for. But think how many games were lost because of missed kicks last year. Mm-hmm. And the kicking game has become so important that hopefully the Jaguars will not be made fun of for drafting a punter in the third round anymore. No, I, I think that's... <laughs> well, and specifically over. for the Bucks, that was important because they've gone through... They went through two kickers in 2014 and then two again this past season. So people can bash them all they want, but they needed to fill that need and that they did what they had to do. And Aguayo is a fantastic kicker. I think that they lost a significant amount of games last year yes. just based on kicking. Because of kicking, yes. So why would you not try to solve mm-hmm. that issue and not have to worry about Obviously, it Obviously, it's a big need. Yeah. Well, I think anyone who, you know, from Florida State watched Roberto Aguayo knows that he is, stays calm under pressure, which is also so key in the NFL when there's you know, kind of a lot of fans there from time to time. But yeah, so... And Florida State fans, by the way, don't get upset because Ricky Aguayo yes. will save the day, even though Roberto's gone. <laughs> don't worry. Yes, well, meanwhile, Florida has Eddie Pinheiro, <laughs> and watch out, Florida State, if it oh, comes yeah. down to a field goal. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, y'all mentioned the Bucks. The Bucks had a really good draft class, got Vernon Hargraves yep. and got Noah Spence, who I think a lot of Jags fans were kind of expecting to come here. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, Cincinnati Bengals, and Detroit Lions also had really good um, drafts this past year, but uh, we only faced the Lions out of that group. So that's good news. Great news. <laughs> uh, we have to say hello to Fat Tony here shortly, but do. Bly, do you want us to, uh, or do you want to give us an update on the at Helmets and Heels Twitter poll? And I want to hear how people handle annoying people online, specifically Twitter. Block, mute, ignore, or challenge their opinion. It's actually pretty even. We have 39% saying throw the block. And we have 23% that say mute it, 21% say ghost them, and 17% say challenge their opinion, which I kind of like the challenge the opinion one because I saw this guy, and he was a national sports writer, has a, a significant following, and he... he mentioned this story and a guy responded back to him and he was a troll and he was like, I'm not reading any of your garbage, yada, yada, yada. All you put out is just, you know, just dumb stuff. And in his response was, no, you, you, you really should read it. And he's like, I'm not reading anything from you. You know, you said such and such and such. He's like, no, you, you really should give it a chance. And he said, okay, I will. And so he responded <laughs> with like these super overly nice tweets. And then the guy ended up saying, okay, I'll read it. That's really funny. So I thought that that was a great approach. That is. More people should try that. I've also seen people retweet what bad people say because you expose them to all your followers. (laughs) And they hate that because they don't want to be exposed. They just want to get to you and you alone. But the second you expose them, they're like, ah, that light is blinding. (laughs) I'm going to go hide back in my cave now. I cannot ignore people. Like, it's very hard for me to just, if someone tweets me with a question or a statement, ignore them. But like you said, Amanda, if I've ever kind of noticed their name as being someone who says negative stuff in general, then I certainly can ignore like the whole Heisman pose. Get (laughs) out of here. All right. We will check in with Fat Tony coming up next. You have been listening to Helmets and Heels Built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010X on 2.5 FM. Thanks for checking out the podcast for Helmets and Heels. As a friendly reminder, you can always check out the latest on our Twitter feed at Helmets and Heels or on our website at guysgirl.com backslash Helmets and Heels.